Grace and peace, you're listening to United We Pray, taking racial struggles to the throne of Grace United We Pray is a podcast about racial divisions in churches. I'm the host, Isaac Adams, and I am here with my big sister in the faith, Trillia Newbell. What's up, Trill? Hello. How you been? I'm doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Good to be back on the microphone with you, Trill. I want to hop into an issue and then pray about an issue uh, that I think is near to your heart, uh, judging by your Instagram, and I'll explain in a second. Uh, But what I want to talk about is Christian civility in light of politics, race, and the lot. Uh, so in Colossians 4, 6, Paul instructs us, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And I promise I wasn't trolling or stalking your Instagram, but I remember a long time ago you pe- posted a picture of uh, George Bush hugging um, Michelle Obama, and you said... Uh, more please, praying we'd be surprised by grace and civility. Why were you praying for these things specifically? Well, we all know that over the last three years, we have seen such an extreme division. I don't think I have seen the level of intensity and... and um, we 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 we've been divided i think but it's all out there and so it to me is just a beautiful i guess display of how we can be unified and we we don't have to ideologically fall on the exact same um pl- plane we won't we will we will have varying um opinions and um and and convictions and i think that's okay but it's when we hate one another and especially in the church because we have a different call that we see um we we can't we can't even have a communication communication and so so for me i think it was just a matter of of um just praying that we would see more unity and love and and care and i hope everyone will go and look up this picture because it's so genuinely one of the sweetest things to see and of course they have a friendship and so you just you can see it on display in so many different settings but this picture just really captured it and i think we should all emulate it in so many ways no, that's what's up. I mean, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about the word that comes to my mind is animosity. It just, it's like, it just seems, I mean, and it, and it is different online, right? Like something, and I know there's reports and all these psychological studies about like, it's kind of like when you get behind the wheel, when you get behind the screen, you become a different, something happens. But ultimately, of course, it's rooted in sin. And I think about, I appreciated the point you raised about like, we're not going to land on the same playing field on all issues, which is why like, when we're talking about the conscience, I'm going to Romans 14. uh, And it just says, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, uh, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in any, in the way of error in the way of a brother. Uh, and in another, in, uh, earlier in Romans 14 or later, it talks about, uh, you know, passing judgment and it connects it with hatred, you know, and just like how it can be like so quick to make a snap judgment and to bring about hatred. So, uh, was there a power in the picture for you in it being a multiracial picture with George, with this friend? I mean, it's this friendship, but it's a, it's, George Bush and Michelle Obama, white and black, anything? Well, sure. I mean, I think that um, one of the things that this culture has revealed is 
all of our idols. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we see that animosity. Mm-hmm. And and so as the Lord tears down our idols, we will grapple to keep them. So we will fight and be enraged with one another. What's beautiful about though that picture is that um, they couldn't she comes from Chicago. He's Texas. They couldn't be probably more culturally different than one another. Um, and yet there is this genuine, it seems, from all accounts, love for each other. And and so, yes, there is something powerful, not just that they come from dif- different political camps and ideologically they fall in, in, in different areas, but that they're also culturally and ethnically different from one another. And so I, it was powerful. It is powerful because I think it, it speaks to a unity that we can have and we should have. Um, and, and so what is sad to me, I think, in, is that it takes so often either movie stars or politicians to speak this language that the church should be leading out on. So yes, it's thrilling and it's beautiful and I'm so grateful and I was pointed to it on my Instagram account for that reason. But yet it's also so discouraging because we should see this. It should be something that we see and proclaim and rejoice over, over and over in the body of Christ. And we shouldn't have to point to Megan and Harry Prince, you know, as our examples. You know, we just shouldn't have to do those things. And and I'm talking about, for those who don't know, the royal couple who are in a interracial marriage. And, and it, it's a big deal, and it's been a big deal. But we're pointing to these stars. It should be something that the church rejoices in and sees and, and that we're striving for, a unity and a, a, a relationship with one another that crosses socioeconomic, politics, and of course, ethnicity. Yeah, and I, I mean, I love what you're saying about this is this should be something that the church is modeling, and ultimately, like as wonderful as George or Michelle may be, or we might not think they are, uh, our model is ultimately Christ. Yes. And we see, right? We see his disciples, like one is a political zealot, and the other, I mean, like they would have been like had huge differences, and yet Christ brought them together around uh, himself. And I like what you said. I mean, it made me think, like, this is something, this kind of love that we should be speaking to one another, the church should be speaking, Christians should be speaking fluently. Yes. And for whatever reason, for many reasons, we're not, yes. right? We're not, we're not, especially online. Uh, and then I found the verse I was looking about earlier. It's, uh, it's, it's Romans 14.10. Paul just asks, why do you pass judgment on your brother or why do you despise your brother? Mm. You know, and so often we're brothers like Cain and Abel. We're brothers like... Um, that uh, the in Luke 15, the the brother judging the prodigal coming home. I mean, I know that's not political, but that's uh, the same. In our yeah. yeah, yeah, it's in our hearts. So it doesn't have to be politics. It's just whatever we hold, I, I, our idols, we hold close and dear. Whether it's this pride and arrogance and um, self righteousness that we so we won't forgive the brother who's coming home kind of because we are arrogant whatever it is I think God just reveals it and we we have choices we can either um, be humble and love and extend grace or we can fight and be strong uh, have a, our fists 
I'm doing the motion, <laughs> but I, I gripping our fists, yeah. And so clenching. clenching, that's like, what am I trying to say? We can white knuckle. That's the word I'm looking for, yeah. And so we just need to, we, we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we are holding on to that, that, that's making us despise them? Because it's, it's probably not them. It's something in us that is doing that. Also, I just wanted to note, and if you hear background noise, we are actually live on location somewhere, and we are actually uh, doing this podcast face-to-face. <laughs> That's right. Different different than normal face-to-face. Um, yeah, and I think um, just one, one other, a couple more thoughts is that I know we're in a bad spot when you get online and the temptation you're most tempted or what you're most tempted to fear is not attacks from non-Christians, but attacks from other Christians. And I've been struck by that just lately in my own life of like, why is it that I fear most that other Christians are going to be the ones attacking with all the vitriol? Yeah. I think the reason is, is because it's your community and we don't want to be out of our community. And so I think we fear often what's most dear to us and so our christian community is our it's our there are brothers and sisters and so i can i can fear that because yeah i i do not struggle when um someone who is not a christian says something harsh to me i'm like i have a lot of grace for that i'm not afraid of of that yeah. yeah yeah and so i just i think and i've actually had an experience i put something on twitter and and someone who's not a Christian didn't understand my Christian context for what I said and went in. And I did not defend. I didn't. I just let. It, and as controversies go, it went away as it they do. Yeah. And so I let it go away because I also didn't want to engage and I didn't have the time. But had that been you, Isaac, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it would have been crushing. It would have been a next level. It, I would have, and I would have been probably like curled up in a ball in a corner somewhere. I mean, it would have been a very different thing because we have a relationship. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're a friendship, and so even even if it's someone who is not in your community, there's still a bloodline there. So it's a next. It's there's it, a different kind of hurt. Yeah, it, it feels like in that sense, like family. It's like it's one thing when it's like, okay, this stranger on the the sidewalk said something to me, but then wait, this is my family. This is my brother or sister said something to me. And trail one one litmus test of kind of idolizing things um, that you were talking about the Lord revealing our idols. I think that's really. Uh, really helpful because it was clear to me uh, this happened over a political thing when um, the Native American man was walking in Washington and then there was this whole controversy about this kid wearing the make it white kid wearing make America great hat again and then you know there was this initial uproar and then more facts were coming out and it just it really showed me that if I'm not willing to defend the other side ever or even admit truth on the other side I have an idol of position, of political position. It might be because I fear, well, if I say this, then then everything I've stood for, they're going to say, see, like your position is terrible. And it's like, you know what? It's a lot more complicated than that. So that's been one litmus test is to see what are you willing to admit is true or defend on the other side. So uh, two more questions. One, I want to ask you what your prayers 
life is just what your prayers are sounding like as we head into 2020, the election coming up. And then um, I do have a question, Trill. Do you think it's possible um, that we can focus too much on civility and tone to the point where, okay, if you come at me with a stronger word, I'm just not going to listen because, like, look, you didn't say it right. So I'm just not going to listen. Is that a danger we're facing? Uh, that I'm coming with a true word, okay. but you don't perceive that I'm saying it. You you perceive everything. I'm not everything, but you're like, look, you're always attacking me. So I'm just not going to listen to anything you're saying, even though it's like, well, okay, we can talk about my tone, but what I'm saying is true. And like, you need, to, so, cause I think that's also another, yeah. I think that's a danger actually for us as communicators. We will not be heard if all we're doing all the time is screaming. I mean, people aren't going to, and I don't think that's actually a problem. There, there are people who may speak the truth, who I can, I love and I, um, who I'm like, you're, if, if you're um, constantly accusing, continually ungracious, I'm not talking about tone, niceness. I'm talking about speaking truth in love. And it doesn't, um, and, and it seem, it comes off as arrogance or um, self-righteousness and you never admit faults, then I'm not listening to you. It's going to be very difficult for me to trust that, trust you, trust that that information, even if it's true. So that actually informs the way I communicate because I think I, I want people to hear me. I want them to hear what I'm saying and not be distracted by my, um, my emotional, um, emotional may not be the right word, not be distracted if I'm sinning. That's a better word because yeah. emotions, we have emotions. Emotions can be good and useful, and, but I don't want it to be a distraction if I'm sinning against you in my anger or my self-righteousness or pride. Right. Yeah. And what, and I, I agree with all that. And the one thing I guess I would add is I also just want to put it out there that what you just said should be the norm and our aspiration for how we communicate. And I also want to say if someone is communicating, uh, and it depends on the level of proximity, but let me put it like this. My wife says something to me, even maybe in sinful anger, it's like, well, let me try. I think it is a mark of maturity to try to hear the critique even in the thing being said. So I'm not just like, well, you're in sin, so I'm not listening. You you see what I'm saying? Any, no, that's yeah. wise. No, that is very good. That's that is wise, and I think um, there are that can, mis- that can be a mistake the other way. Absolutely, it can absolutely if you never listen to anyone who is a contrarian or on the different whatever because of their anger or or their self righteousness or whatever it is. You're exactly right. I think there are. Um, and there are moments when I absolutely will listen to with em- an empathetic ear. Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking yeah, about. You're yeah, calling yeah, us to yeah. to an empathy. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that that's wisdom and good. You yeah. do want to... Which to, doesn't excuse the sin. It doesn't excuse the sin. No. I, I do, however, have a guard. Yes. Because... Yes. I could we we can easily <laughs> allow voices to constantly um, speak to our hearts and our and what we believe that maybe aren't the the best and so we do need to discern I think okay when when is it that I 
I listen? Yes, totally. And when is it that I think, you know what, maybe this is actually a better time for me to pray? Yes, and that is exactly why we have this podcast. Because yeah, I'll be—I mean, I'll just put it out there. I went through a ma- me, uh, yeah, I went through a massive just kind of purge of social media, and I, to the point where I was like, I'm unfollowing a lot of cats, not because I don't respect them, but because for me, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. And maybe if I were—I mean, I was just like, look, I just don't need this voice. Uh, in my life every day. I need God's voice in my life every day from his word, and I need to pray uh, versus scroll so much. So as we talk about prayer, let me ask you, just as you think about 2020, because I think the civility issue is a bigger deal than people want to think about, especially across racial lines. Um, What do your prayers sound like? Because, And I'm asking, uh, because we're about to pray to the one who is our model, and we have an opportunity to model for the world. I mean, like, we want non-Christians being like, look, those Christians don't agree with each other on that, but they're so nice to each other about it, right? Like, that's what's so attractive about George Bush and Michelle Obama is like, they're passing candy to each other. They love it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Thoughts on that? And then I'm going to ask you to pray for us just about the themes that we brought up here. I want to be honest because, you know, when people say, hey, will you pray for me? And then you say, yes, I'll pray for you. And then you walk away and you never pray. <laughs> I I don't like that. So usually when people ask me to pray, I pray immediately because I know I'll forget. And so I want to be really honest. And so my honest answer is I haven't prayed yet for the election. I can't tell you what I've been praying because I haven't been praying for it. Um, I yeah. Let me say, and before I sound ultra spiritual, I only prayed about it the other day because it came another pastor brought it up i was like yeah i haven't prayed about that at all so but this is now a good time to add it to the prayer list um because we are about to enter into that season and my my prayers will be filled with prayers for um for the election for civility but not just civility but for kindness that's especially for christians i'm speak. i would love for the world to operate on a level of um common grace kindness towards one another Uh, but as christians we are called to a love of neighbor that equals gentleness and being slow to speak and quick to hear and and so i'm i do pray that we would be a compassionate people and that um we would kill idols so that we can rightly think and communicate and um and so yeah so i do pray that the lord would do a work in that, in my own heart, in our local churches, in our national government, that there would be, um, it would be amazing, though, here I am entering prayer with doubt, but <laughs> I was about to say, though, I don't know, but it would be amazing if smear campaigns would just die. Uh, if, but I, yeah, we're, we're like, we know, I know, I, we're in the world. I mean, God is able. God is able, but that would be miraculous. So that that's that is a prayer, just that we could, because the the rhetoric has affected the way we all communicate. To it. it is amazing to see how people are, how people engage, how it. I mean, it has changed from two years ago to. I mean, it is you can see, and I think the more we expose ourselves to these things, so I'm going to pray that it'll change. So that we can see something um, different. Okay, so let's pray. (laughs) All right, well, Lord, I just thank you so much for 
um, your son, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you're interceding for us, God, that we can come before our, our Abba Father, Lord, and that we live in a place where we can openly pray. Like we are standing in a convention center praying in public without any fear. And I just don't want to take that for granted, Lord. What a gift that is. So thank you for that, Lord. And um, we do pray for this country where we have these amazing freedoms, God, that you would make us a people that would love one another, especially, most importantly, in the church. You've given us a commandment, God, to love you and to love each other. We cannot do this apart from you. It is a radical call. And God, I pray that you would allow it so that we would not just be civil and nice to one another, but it would be a deep love, that it would be stored up by the gospel, that you would give us grace, God, to obey your commands. We need to walk in a manner that is worthy of your gospel, and only you can do that. So God, I pray that you would enable us to a radical love, and it's the radical love that you've called us to in your word. So God, I pray you would do that, Lord. And I do pray for this election coming up. We are about to get into the thick of it all. And um, Lord, you can do miraculous things. And I do pray that there would be a, a new rhetoric, a new way of speaking that is um, honors the humanity of each other, that we would remind each other that that we're made in your image, God, and that we have worth because you have made us that way. And that way we won't tear each other apart and tear each other down. And God, I want to pray for us to um, kill the idols. If Whatever idols we have, God, I pray that you would um, help us to repent and to, to lay them down at your feet, the Lord, and that we would not bow down and worship our idols, God, but that we, you would be um, in our hearts and minds, the one true God, and that we would um, sacrifice them, <laughs> just get rid of them. So, Lord, only you can do that pruning work that is hard and, and painful. So, God, I pray you would do it. And, Lord, I pray that we would be a praying people that... Um, before we speak online, before we feel like we need to give our opinion, that we would be men and women who are prayerfully considering our words and prayerfully considering considering the other person. Lord, I pray you would do that. Father, <clears throat> we do thank you for the freedoms we enjoy uh, in this country, even as we think about politics and prayer and race, Lord, we know brothers and sisters in China, their churches get invaded, that they can't just do what we're doing right now. So we don't want to take it for granted. We just want to pause. Uh, Father, we think of your word and what it says, how love is patient and kind and gentle. It doesn't boast. It doesn't rejoice with wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. God, we want to be loving toward one another. We know that's not just a text for marriage ceremonies. It's about how your, your children relate to one another. So we pray to our Father, and we pray trusting in our brother Jesus. Not, We thank you for common grace examples, Lord, but we don't look to presidents and first ladies ultimately. We look to Christ. Amen. And we do pray that we would let go of our idols and be not afraid to be real with one another and patient with one another. Lord, that we would hear and assume the best of each other. 
because as my sister has so helpfully said, the rhetoric has changed and we've changed along with it. Lord, it seems that we have about 20 seconds of patience with someone, which is really no patience at all. And too often, it looks like Christians smearing other Christians, or we don't want that to be the case. We want, we want to love one another and pray for one another so that the world might believe that you sent Jesus, Father. So we pray that would you keep Satan far from us and hatred far from us and indifference far from us. Father, we don't want to cling more closely to politics than we do to our brothers and sisters. Because politics will fade and our brothers and sisters will last forever. Mm -hmm. I thank you for my sister, Lord. I thank you for how she's encouraging and pointing people to that. Father, we do pray that we don't ask merely for politeness. We ask for love for one another and mercy. Because mercy triumphs over judgment. Love covers all offenses. So, Lord, even if we've been wronged by one another's words, Lord, we pray that... uh, we would, we would forgive and confront graciously. Help us as we head into 2020, should you give grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray.